Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, yo, yo, what up, what up? It's the play. One half of the playing skills, the Grammy boys. And right now you are listening to the Jake Brown Show. Turn it up. And welcome to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. iTunes is where you find us as well, and Spotify or Stitcher for those rare Stitcher users um, you know, this is a sports and entertainment show, and, you know, I'm a big rap fan. I, I love hip-hop, I love pop, I love beats. And guys who do all of these things, and guys who have won a couple of Grammys for uh, producing, basically, and co-writing the classics, Got Money, from Lil Wayne, from the Carter Three, and Riding, I think it's called Riding, but it is Riding Dirty by Chameleon Air. Um, they have a new song out, La Movita, with a guest of our show from last week, Snow the Product and Messiah. Uh, it is Play and Skills. It's one half of them. It's Play on the line with us right now. What's going on, man? Appreciate you coming on. Oh, man, my pleasure, man. Big fan of the show. You know what I'm saying? I had to get on and shop it up with you, man. Yeah, and uh, last week, it happens. We lose our voices. That's why I got tea next to me right now. I have water, tea, and soda, and some Chick-fil-A fries as well. So I have a full array of everything i just need a bottle of vodka or something um oh it sounds like the combination yeah right uh i just need a couple of bottles in here but you're here we, you made it and uh, tell us about la movita the song out right now we'll go we'll go through the old songs and everything in a little bit but la movita snow the product um i was listening let's see i don't understand spanish so it's hard for me to understand but i love spanish music and kind yeah. of explain the song and also what it means because i was just gro- grooving with the M- michael jackson part when you say that a couple of times yeah, um, it's 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 a Latin trap record, and you know, we've always been big fans of trap music, of course. You know mm-hmm. I'm saying producing major hip hop records, but now in the Spanish, on the Spanish scene, the trap movement is like the movement, mm-hmm. the, the sound of the whole nine. So um, over a year and a half ago, we we signed a record deal with Sony Latin Records and Latium Entertainment, Charles Chavez, and we released. Our first single with Daddy Yankee, which was called No Legal, Not a Crime, did very well for us, went gold. And that was our first release on the Latin side of things. And, you know, then we released another record called Cina Ves with We Seen and Leslie Grace, which is a Selena remake. And that went double platinum for us. So we kept, you know, um, on the road of, of the Latin inspired Latin sound. And we wanted to put something out for the streets. So we connected with Snow the Product, Messiah from New York City. And we put out La Movida, which is kind of an odd to Michael Jackson, but it's basically saying that, you know, our di- our diamonds are dancing like my- Michael Jackson. Um, that's basically what it says in the chorus and whatnot. And Snow is spitting fire like never before in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And Messiah is going, going through the track, also spitting and the melodic, sounds just it's just really dope man we're excited about it getting a great response online and in the streets and you know it's available everywhere so you know it's one of our releases off off an upcoming album um 
that'll hopefully be out sometime this year. And what else are we? I mean, the song is great. What else are we going to see in the album? Any any features you know uh, yet that you could share? Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of big features actually um, that are on on the album. The album's called Mesh, which is called uh, which stands for Mixing Every Sound Heard, and that's exactly it. It's a little bit of hip hop. It's a little bit of Latin. A lot of electronic um, influence, and it's just mixed all over the place. I mean, from Daddy Yankee to French Montana to uh, David Guetta to, to to all the Latin people from Farruko, um, all the way to Lil John, get down on the on, hmm. the, on the party side. So um, it's very well um, put together. Um, it's global. It's some crazy collaborations, and we're excited at this point in our career to be able to do what we want to do instead of be forced to do what we need to do to survive. Yeah, and you guys keep putting out bangers. I think it was, was it last year? Was it Ciu Neves? Was it last year or mm-hmm. this year? That was last year, right? It, it was earlier. This Well, yeah, it came out like December. It really got going about January. And I've been listening. I've been had that on repeat. I mean, you have the, I've been listening to the English. So there's the English version, there's the Spanish version, and then there's the yeah. Spanglish version. So I've tried to listen to all three to try to get a feel that that is a dope song tell us how you guys put that together that's actually a, a selena remake mm-hmm. um the great selena quintanilla um had a, a spanish version out um years ago and it's a classic and we, we kind of just remade the record with, with frankie J and um that we put leslie grace and and we've seen on it we're big latin superstars record exploded on spanish radio online and the label and other people asked us to do a bilingual version of it so we went and hooked up with becky g and cap g on the bilingual and english version of the record and just did so well for us man exploded in radio crossed over onto you know mainstream and pop radio and was one of the big lead out spanish records this year and was on its way to crossing all the way over Right before uh, Mr. Justin Bieber jumped on Despacito <laughs> and, and made history with that. So it's all good, man. It's crazy. It's double platinum, and we're excited about it. Does that bother you, like a song like that? Like, as a guy, I mean, who works with a lot of Spanish artists, does it bother you that, like, that song, a guy with Bieber who, whatever he touches, turns into gold, uh, doesn't speak Spanish, and then hops in Despacito and has the most viewed song and downloaded thing in YouTube history and whatever? Uh, does that bother you at all? No, not at all. I mean, it's a great I'm song. Happy but... to get... Yeah, it's a great song. It was a hit before that, you know, and Daddy Yankee's a friend of ours and, you know, um, co worker in a lot of the music that we're doing. And, you know, all it does is it exposes uh, more people to Latin music. I mm-hmm. mean, if you didn't like it beforehand, you know, Justin brought a lot of attention and light to, to, to Latin music. And, and it also showed that, you know, um, that. The, the power in the, in, in the Latinos, the listener, the buyer, the, the person that watches videos or whatnot, because um, now these mainstream radio stations, and these mainstream corporations are open to giving an opportunity to, to Spanish-influenced music. So, man, I'm happy Justin did it. I hated that he did it right around the time that our record was crossing <laughs> exactly, over. Yeah. Poor timing. Because, yeah, because, well, you know, because radio stations are probably like, you know, we can only play one of these you know, this year or, or at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And they're picking Bieber. We're going to have to. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, but um, I'm happy for, for Daddy Yankee and Luis Fonsi and, 
you know, and, and the whole movement because it's, it's great for all of us that are that are doing songs that are Latin influenced because now, you know, the door's wide open. Yeah, I've late like I, people like my friends will be like, all right, enough's enough. Like I listen to so much Spanish music now, and I most of the time I literally have no clue what they're saying. But like it just you just move, man, and it's it's been the movement. I think over the last year, I feel like a lot more yeah. that music is being played. I mean, what do you think it is that's contributed to that? Is it the beat? What is it? Yeah, I think it's the sound. I think you know the Caribbean um, sound, the reggae, you know, uh, drum action, you know. Guys like Diplo and Major Lazer um, exposed it on the electronic side and Drake mm-hmm. on the urban side with, you know, all his releases, you know. So now people are just more open to the ear because they hear more of it. And it's, you know, that um, that beat and that Afro um, drum, you know, is just so infectious, man. It makes you dance. And then, you know, melodically for Spanish, you know, that's what we're all about. We're all about getting people on the dance floor with salsa, merengue and everything else. And all that combined, you know, um, is I think what's grabbing everybody's attention. But yes, guys like like Drake and Justin Bieber and Major Lazer um, have all take from you know uh, reggaeton and and you know and the whole reggae vibe um, and what they're doing. So I think that that that's a big reason why people are a lot more open to Latin music now. Two-time Grammy Award-winning song uh, song producer writer. Um, yeah. you rap, right? Can you rap? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we rapped a lot more early on. Um, you know, as a producer, a lot of people don't understand that you're in the studio so much with so many MCs and you understand song structure and, you know, whatnot. We're huge hip hop fans. And early on, you know, we, we rapped on all our records. Not so much anymore. We're not doing so much performance based songs, but, you know, we're collaborating with people and, we have the opportunity to, to put amazing MCs like Snow Product, and we don't want to rap after her ever. Can, well, can you drop you know, a, drop a few bars right now for me, a little Acapulco? Uh, <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top, I, maybe. I, oh man, no man, I, 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 I I'm I'm uh, past those days, man. You yeah. know, maybe maybe some of that vodka that that you're missing. Oh that yeah. You, Spit, yeah, sure. a little vodka, a little smoke, a little something, something. Um, yeah. half of playing skills in line with us. Follow them on Twitter at play the letter N skills. Take us back to working with Wheezy and putting got money together. I mean, a rap anthem. Uh, take yeah. us back. What was that, 2007, 2008? Take us back to that. Eight, 2008. Yeah, classic Carter three, you know, Wayne's at his peak. Um, we constructed the record originally for Pitbull um, with T-Pain on the chorus. Pitt was unable to put the record out for clearance purposes. Back then, he was signed to TVT, and it was just a mess trying to put that record to get out. Um, got in the hands of, of, of Lil Wayne. Got a phone call from T-Pain one day. Yo, Wayne wants to make this our single, his single on Carter 3. Maybe a month before Carter 3 came out. It came out June 10th. I think we got the call like early May and you know, we were because Wayne was just so on fire on fire. I mean, we haven't seen an explosion of hip hop like that and I don't know, you know. And you know, uh yeah, the record got online, hit the radio and, and there was no looking back, man, and um, you know, went on to win so many awards and was on on a Grammy award winning album and you know, sold a million records the first week and so forth with the Carter Three. So we're happy to be a part of history with that and Wayne. 
So did what was your role in that exactly? You guys made that beat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We produced the record and then we co wrote the chorus with T Pain. Um and uh you know, actually we lost that beat, man. I we have a really cool story. Like we were in New York City working, um and uh we you know, Skills was working on the track, he was laying the top line of the melody down and one of the interns at the studio walked by and disconnected the NPC hmm. and we lost the track. Um, we got frustrated because we had been working on the track for a couple hours. So we walked out of the session and we went back to the room. We're like, all right, we're done working. And for whatever reason, the next morning, you know, came right back to skills, the melody. And the next day in the studio, the first beat he created or we created was, was, was got money. And um, so I, I feel like it was pure fate. You know, it ended up being got money you know, with the, with the track or whatnot. So, um, who knows? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's That's an incredible fate. story. Wow. So so you're saying the, the the original beat was lost, and then yeah. did he recreate the same one, or it was something different the next day, or what? Exactly the same one. Huh. He, he, he didn't forget it. Um, you know, the melody line, uh, the, the 808 drum, he went right back to the pads, and once he put it in my hands, I remember the arrangement on the record. Um and we just knew it was something special. We didn't know what it was for or who it would be for. It was just something special, and it came back to us, you know, as as, as God wanted it to. Um, but, yeah, it was lost, man. I, I felt bad for the intern. We were pretty upset about it. But <laughs> He better you know, got his ass fired the next day. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, man, I want to thank him, whoever he is. Yeah, I mean, it worked out well. Um, so when you guys work with an artist, now, do you just send them the beat, or are you in studio with them while they are rapping on the beat? Uh, it, it depends. It varies, you know what I'm saying? Like, nowadays, mm-hmm. the day of the send email, beat over the email, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and Skype sessions and FaceTime audio, and, you know. But we prefer to be in the, in, in the studio because you just get that face-to-face um vibe and that you know and that that action and you know the conversation and and you know that whole connection when you're in the studio so i would say half and half um with that actually with that one there we didn't even meet wayne till the video shoot Hmm. um you know but we had known each other you know and had to respect each other because you know he went to school in houston the university of houston we produced a lot of houston stuff you know, originally from Dallas, so we would always be in, in Houston and see him around, but never actually formally, you know, even met each other until the video shoot. Does he, uh, everyone says that he, that he goes off the top, right? He didn't write the lyric to that? Like, he just goes off the top? Right. Yep. He just goes in the booth, and, you know, he'll record four bars, six bars, stop. You know, Pro Tools allows you to edit and record at a you know, at a cool level like that to where you could just go bar for bar. Mm-hmm. So he goes in and does his thing. And, you know, I feel like everybody does that almost now. You know what I'm saying? It just feels like you could ride the track better than reading off a notepad. Um, if you go back and you listen to some records that were made in, you know, early 90s, mid-90s and up, sometimes you can, you can hear, like, that some of these guys were spitting off, off notepad. Because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, very scripted. And now it's all swag. It's all the way you, you sound and, you know, riding the track. And that, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, going off the top of your head and the feeling of the of the, of the beat. 
Yeah, I know for me, I I could freestyle. Like if I I'm better, I freestyle like randomly. If, if it's like two a.m. whatever, you're feeling nice. Um, it, it just comes off the top a lot better. Riding Dirty is another one that was a mid two thousands rap classic. I had Mims on earlier this year. Obviously, this is why I'm hot, which was also mid two thousand class. But Riding Dirty's right there. Take us through that working with Chameleonaire. You guys, what you guys made that beat as well? Yeah, we actually made that beat and and wrote the chorus on that one. Hmm. And that was that was one that we worked hand in hand in in the studio with Chameleonaire, and you know, um, we actually made that together. You know, um, and you know that was a, that has a cool story backstory behind it too. Um, you know, we we made the record. I remember being in the studio, and Crazy Bone is on the song from Bone Thugs and Harmony, the mm-hmm. longtime collaborator, friends of ours, and. You know, he was already on the song when we played it for Chameleonaire. And I had already visioned Chameleonaire being on the record, so I asked Crazy Bone to put uh, Chameleonaire's name in his, in his verse at the end, which, you know, he, he ends up rapping about. But, you know, they hadn't met each other, and, and Chameleonaire didn't know that Crazy was going to be on this record, so he just hears the verse, and he, he's a big Bone Thugs fan. And he's like, oh, man, you know, I, 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 want, I want this record. So he lays the chorus down, and, you know, the... The chorus, um, you know, repeats on the second half. Trying to catch you riding dirty, trying to catch you riding dirty, and um, Chameleon didn't want it, want it to repeat because it had a Mike Jones type of feel on the repeat. Because Mike Jones would repeat a lot of lines. Who? Mike Jones. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so he didn't want that. And I was like, mm-hmm. no. I was like, bro, it's it's a chorus. Mm-hmm. Like it has to repeat. Like that's the whole idea behind the chorus is like the simplicity and people are able to sing behind it. So, you know, he lays down three more lines on the chorus, which would have made the chorus feel like a verse, and he leaves. So I tell the engineer, I'm like, oh, just mute that, man, and just do the repeat, and let's send it in like that. So we ended up sending it in like that. It was the last song on Sound of Revenge, I believe, his first album, and it was the last song to make it. And I don't think anybody thought that it was going to be, you know, as gigantic and legendary as, as the song ended up being, man. It's amazing to this day. It's still played, still sing all over different TV shows and movies. And, you know, still, we're still, um, you know, receiving some nice funds off of it. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. so. So you're telling me that he basically said, do not repeat it. You said, screw you, Chameleonaire. We're going to make you some damn money. Ends up that you made his career with this song because this is obviously his biggest hit. He hasn't had, I don't know, any other huge hits that he's had like this. Uh, and, yeah. he, and he was like, nah, nah. And you're like, all right, we're going to do this. And then you send it to him, and it was repeated, and he didn't know. Right, that's a fact. He knows that. And everybody knows that in the studio, the engineers and the management team that was involved and you know, we work very closely with artists. Sometimes, you know, um, you go back and forth with um, how the song is supposed to be arranged and, you know, and produced. And that's the great thing about a, a music producer, not a beat maker, is that you know how to arrange the records. But, you know, that's that's a fact. And, you know, he definitely, you know, killed the song and, and did well. But there was no follow behind that. And there hasn't been since that song. So that lets you know, you know, how infectious the song was um and i'm happy that that we repeated it you know i'm sure he is too now oh he better be writing you some goddamn checks because that was i mean i'm telling you, oh, that yeah, song made him yeah 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 for sure you know i mean it was um the only song at the time that won every major award in one year 
um, from Teen Choice Awards to the to the Moon Man to the Grammys to you name it. I mean, we cleaned up that year. Um, and the song is just, you know, it still lives today, man. You know, people all over the world of all races, that's one hip-hop song that people know for sure. They see me rolling. They hating, patrolling, <laughs> they trying to get me riding dirty. And it was also, at the time, what I'm reading, it was the top purchase cell phone ringtone in history. I 100% probably had that on one of my flip phones uh, back yeah. when I was like 12 or 13 or 15, whatever it was. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I still have um, the plaque. It was the first one to sell 5 million ringtones um, really, really fast. Yeah. So, you know, the ringtone era. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you... Those are great stories because you don't you don't know that uh, the backstory to those and Wheezy and Chameleon Air working with these big names is it difficult at times as you as a producer songwriter to work with some of these bigger egos? Sure, absolutely. Um, that's the toughest thing. You know what I'm saying? Not not the actual creative part, but convincing the people on the direction of of the record, the arrangement. Um, actually getting into the studio man and like just actually getting the song done is such a process man so much going on with these artists and their business their personal lives um getting the song finished is just a nightmare sometimes man because um i don't know you know different artists work in different ways sometimes it takes forever and some are like right there ready to do it um but we put our our ego to the side we've worked with everybody from you know edm's top DJ producers David Guetta, all the way to Latin superstars like Daddy Yankee, and all the street music in between there. You know, from all the hot Houston stuff to, you know, the underground New York things with Mano and and, and, and French Montana. So um, we've learned to adapt and and to, to learn how to feed people's ego. That's another thing. Yes, it was like kind of feed into them, um, and then to get the best product out of out of um out of them we're in an age where so much good music is produced by a good beat people are listening to a song because of the beat does it bother you in any way that the producers like you guys don't get that same love that these superstar rappers do because i mean without you guys you're not on the radio yeah uh, yeah you know but one thing we did very early on is we learned how to tag ourselves at the beginning of the song that's why you hear the Play and play and play and scale. Tag that we that we um, sample and we forced the artists to put that at the beginning of all the songs. Got money, you know, riding and and a bunch of other stuff, you know, or the featuring playing skills. So we tried to market ourselves, you know, behind you know being that producer. But you know, there's a there's like an unwritten law in the music business as a producer and songwriter that. Sometimes, you know, your name's not going to be a part of it. But as long as your publishing is correct, you got your credits, you know, that's all that matters. You're going to get the check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're still cash now. And, yeah, I interviewed Jalil Beats two years ago. A lot of people don't know that when he does his drop, it's his, I believe he told me it was his niece who does it. And it's not Jungle. Everyone thinks it's Jungle Beats holler at me, but it's actually, they see, she's saying Jalil, um, but it sounds yeah. like Jungle. So those those drops are always cool like yeah like with french montana you have coke boys baby is a drop in there those those backdrops um are always are always cool uh play from playing skills on the line for a couple more minutes here on the jake brown show how do you guys work together you and skills 
is one of you better at something? Like, does one of you make the beats, or does something else? Like, or do you guys collaborate pretty much on everything? We collaborate, but you know, we we're blood brothers. For, for people that don't know that, you know, that's my younger brother, and um, you know, he's a very introverted guy. You know, that's why he's not even on any interviews. He's mm-hmm. not a very vocal guy. He's all about the music. Um, so I'm more the mouthpiece, more the um, face of the group. But he is an absolute genius when it comes to the keys and um, the actual music aspect of, of making the track. So he, for the most part, he starts the track, and then you know halfway through there, I kind of take over and start piecing it together because sometimes the musician and a, and a producer um, starts getting way too musical, and I think all big hits, you know, don't have too much going on in the track. You got to kind of you know, sonically make it smooth to the ear, make sure that there's not so much going on along with the vocals. So that's kind of my role in it. I arrange and, and put it together and compose the stuff. I'm also the guy that's actually going to the studio with the artist, hanging out to late night, doing whatever madness that goes on in the studio. And he's more of, you know, just just the nerdy, interest, you know, introverted type of, type of guy. So, but that's our personalities in real life. You know, he's a very quiet, into himself type of guy i'm outgoing so the yin and yang and it works so good so he so he's the guy in the chess club and you're the guy vip at the club <laughs> I, i'm actually in the chess club and vip both <laughs> you know that i mean he, he he does that too but he just uh, does it from a very quiet perspective man but he's a genius man everybody that works with him knows you know how great he is and he, he also you know sings um as well, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He, he sang the original version of Got Money. He sang the original version of The Ride Dirty Hook. You know, the melody ideas before the artists actually get on and, and take over. He also does that. So that's a big part of selling our music is we usually come with the hook idea and the beat, and then the artist takes it to the next level, which is a hard thing to do, but that's what kind of makes it special because, you know, one was bringing the whole song finished for you. What? And hey, and so here mm-hmm. when you guys are writing or producing uh snow the product told me they like to create vibes they like to drink a little bit like do you guys work better when you're drinking or smoking or whatever when you're making a beat or does it just come to you sober or what no no you know definitely you know what i'm saying like that i i think you're you're more creative you're more free and mm-hmm. the same liquid courage that makes you go dance on the dance floor or mm-hmm. speak to a girl at a bar is the same thing with, with music. Gills actually doesn't drink. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, in a crazy way. But he partakes, I don't know how he, he gets away with never drinking around people. But, mm-hmm. man, for me, you know what I'm saying, there has to be a vodka bottle, bottle <laughs> pop, you know, take a couple of shots um, before we even get this thing going in the studio. That way we're loose and, you know, and, and, and the best comes out. And Noah's actually a beast when it comes to drinking. She was going different tat with us, and you know we do this all the time. We we are professional alcoholics. <laughs> yeah, she uh she basically lost her voice. She when I interviewed her last week. So you guys must have been at the same party or something. Um, <laughs> playing skills, play from playing skills on the line with us. All right, when so when do we expect this album? You said later this year. We're, we're losing you a little bit. Are you far from the phone, or? 
No, do you there, hear me better now? Yeah, now there you go. Yeah. Okay. Repeat that. What was that? Yeah. I, I was saying that we'd like for an album to come out at the end of the year, but you know, um, I, you know, you can't really plan it nowadays. You just mm-hmm. kind of drop singles, and when one gets very active, then you gotta have an album that's kind of ready and prepped. So it's called Mesh, mixing every sound heard. Again, a little bit of Latin, always hip hop, electronic, DJ influenced um, type of record amazing collaborations um so be looking out for that yeah i'm excited and next time you guys are in new york for sure we'd love to link up um play from play and skills follow them on twitter and instagram at play and skills uh looking forward to go get la movida right now with messiah and snow the product uh play appreciate you coming on the jake brown show and we'll talk soon thanks man yeah yeah thank you thank you and shout out to everybody that's supported us from day one man um you know we wouldn't be anything without the fans yes sir take care thank you okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.